Well, and the, the thing is, it's funny when somebody would walk into my room, your first initial greeting in America is, how are you? I'm like, I almost just I'm kicked a nurse in the crotch. I'm doing real good. Like, I'm feeling like this is one of my better days. <laughs> Can you find there's a place there's not a tube coming out of? Let's talk about that. <laughs> All right, welcome back to another episode of My Mom Has a Secret Podcast. <laughs> this is episode six. Yes. We weren't sure if it was six or seven, so if it if that's wrong, apologies, but I think it's six. Yeah, because we cranked out like four, was it four episodes? Yeah. In like a week? Yeah, we, <laughs> we knocked it out of the park, which was good because we've stayed right on schedule. Yeah. We have. Nobody knows. This isn't just leisurely, like, whatever. It's like, no, we're like three days in a row or something. I don't know what it was. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was fun. Yeah. But it's more fun when you have time in yeah, between. Yeah, when you can, like, kind of get – it gets old, like, every <laughs> single day. Like, I couldn't be a news anchor. No, with these lights, it's like, wake up. I need some sunglasses. Yeah, I know. It's like we, we tan at the same time. We do. We're getting a little, you know – glowy luminous finish while mm -hmm. we talk yeah um it's worth it yeah i agree um so you're supposed to uh have gained some knowledge mm -hmm. since our last podcast on a couple of items yeah lorena bobbitt and chicago which lorena bobbitt could have been part of chicago because she, she just met she goes right in there along with all the other mm -hmm. women yeah she didn't kill him but she probably wanted true. to true I definitely think she that was her end goal. I mean, do you not think so? I guess it's not. No, I don't think she just wanted. Yeah. So what I learned from her is, did you know, do you know why she did it? He was cheating on her. No. No? No. So that's not what I have okay. come across. Okay. So she's from Venezuela. Right. She was an immigrant. They started dating and then they rushed into the marriage because her green card was about to expire um so he his side of the story is completely different than hers mm, but they used to fight a lot and he says that they would fight over the remote and things small things like that she mm. says that he was raping her oh gosh yeah and so did you know she was pregnant she got pregnant no so he did not want that and he was not ready so she went and had an abortion okay and people say that that also contributed to wiener whacking right to said wiener whackage yes <laughs> um was because she didn't actually want to go through with it but she felt like she had to um what i came across was she was jealous if another woman talked to him, even on like a day to day basis. Yeah. Um, but it was never cheating was never brought up on what I have okay run across. And maybe mine was just an assumption of cheating. It, so. I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, if it's the opposite, you know, I don't understand. Yeah. Why, why not just leave him? Because you have to. Well, she if did visa. <laughs> You have to be five years, right? And then you can... Oh, I have no I idea. I think that's what it is. So I'm yeah. like, I wonder if her five years... And I mean, did they stay together at no, all afterwards? No, they're definitely... No. I know they're not currently, but I mean... After that, no. So I know she, that she could have sure. just left him. 
She did. She left him and took a little piece of him with her. And threw it out the window. <laughs> Into a field. Um, Do you know how lucky he is that they found that and then could yeah. like reattach it? I just want to know one thing I didn't have time to figure out is if it like it works fully. It supposedly <laughs> works for the most part. Um, I just want to know, you know, the surgeon that reattached it got up that morning drinking coffee. He's like, I reattached stuff. And they're like, all right. <laughs> he didn't know what kind of call he was going to get that day. Because I bet that's not something that he's done a lot of. I, I would what, assume. I wonder what the stats are on that. Like, how often how, does a doctor have right. to reattach a penis? Right. Like, if it's like, is it on, like, does he need a billboard? Like, do you have... <laughs> Is Do you your need help? Wife, a wiener whacker. <laughs> right. Or your current, soon to be ex wife. Yeah. Well, that's what they said too. She just, he got, he went out and was partying and he came out home super drunk. His story is that he went to sleep and she tried to be with him. Uh-huh. He wasn't interested. Hers is the opposite. Okay. And so she got him off of her, went to the kitchen to get a glass of water, and then just decided to grab the knife as well. And Wow. And she did it too. Like, I don't know how much of it was, did she take off? I don't know. I just don't know how you could go, actually go through with that. Like, you know, like sometimes people have thoughts, but like to actually go through with it and then like, you didn't just cut, like you chopped it off you severed it yeah that takes some effort because it's not like it's just a one-time it's not like it's on a cutting board and you just whack it like you've got to hold it there's like some work to that and I wonder like did he not resist or was he just passed out because that gives more of the credibility to the story of him being trashed the night before and not right unless he's a really deep sleeper he doesn't know that parts of his appendages are being cut off and he's so tired he just sleeps through it i would not sleep through that no i don't know no that- but to me there's got to be a certain level of crazy and i don't mean that bad because if she was mistreated mm-hmm. i think we've all gone through terrible situations where that puts you into a different mindset of what i would call we get a little cray. Yeah, everybody, every female has yeah. the ability to get We've crazy. We've got it. Low key, it's in there. It just depends <laughs> on what level. Like, I could get crazy and I might threaten that. <laughs> Probably not even. I don't even think that would crack my but mind. But see, that's when you would call me and I'd be like, I'll do it. <laughs> You're like, I got you. You come me, up with the idea, I follow through. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me when and where. Right. I'll do it pro bono. It's fine. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Ha, pro bono. <laughs> that just came out naturally. That is funny. But she could have been on Chicago for a, mm-hmm. some of it because they were murderesses. So Yeah, so I didn't really – I haven't fully watched it. I kind of got little bits and pieces. But what I've come to um, the conclusion of is that there was a woman that was having an affair – with a man Mm -hmm. and he was breaking it off. So I've come to the conclusion that the woman was having an affair Mm -hmm. and well, she, right. She was married with, and then she was seeing the handyman or somebody Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know that details, but she was seeing him. He was trying to cut it off Mm -hmm. and then she shot him. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And so then she goes to jail Mm -hmm. and she meets 
another women. There was women that were in competition with each other. Right. 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 And I don't know all the bits and pieces, but it's a bunch of crazy women. And then one of them wants to the attention to win. She wants the like the celebrity status. Like Mm -hmm. it was really cool to be in the papers for murdering your spouse or partner. So that's the one that said she was pregnant. Right? Actually, no. That was actually Roxy that pulled that card, like kind of in the middle of the show. Okay. Because I did it like what I read was Act 1 and Act 2. In Act 2, it says, I guess, Roxy says she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So then everybody feels bad for her and, you know, gives her special treatment. Yeah. Um, So did that make her more popular well, it it brought in the sympathy card because this mm-hmm. was in the twenties. It mm-hmm. took place the story. So in the twenties, like, oh, she's with child. Oh, we can't put her in jail. Oh. So it was a sympathy card she pulled, which it wasn't true at all because then right. her husband Amos was like, I'm going to be a dad, and then the attorney's like, dude, do you knew math at all? Like, right? Because then it was like it wasn't his kid, and then it was somebody else's. And then at the end of it, when everything is done and over, she's like, actually, I'm not. I was never pregnant. Right. My question is, do they not like verify? Okay, so here's the story. Yes, they did, and this is part of the darkness of Chicago. So they said, oh, well, she's pregnant. Well, we have to call in a professional to confirm her pregnancy. So it all it shows is the doctor walking down the steps and zipping up his pants and going, yep, she's pregnant. And then she comes out and kind of like wipes her mouth off and goes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so she did a little behind the scenes. Again, <laughs> every woman has a little bit of crazy. A little bit of crazy. Yeah. So that's the sort of like, yeah, she's pregnant. The doctor will say anything you want. I mean, okay. I'm just going to say this. It's true. Women have control over everything if yeah. they want it. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So how long of a play is Chicago? Oh, gosh. Two hours, I'd say. Okay. I was thinking it was like an extra long, like... No, I don't think so. There's an intermission. Um, So, yeah, I'd say two hours, maybe a little bit more. Okay. But it goes by pretty fast. I was thinking along the lines of what's the one... um, Hamilton? Yeah. How long is that? That's a long... That's like three hours, yeah. Okay. So, in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Because when I was reading the notes, I'm like, this doesn't seem like it could be drawn out for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's ultimately Velma... Kelly and Roxy Hart, they're like the two, they were in the papers and they're pretty mm-hmm. and it's glamorized and they murdered their husband and was it warranted? And they both have a sob story as to mm-hmm. what, you know, what made them, you know. And so Roxy claims it was, I can't, I'm, am I getting Velma and Roxy? I always get Velma and Roxy confused. But anyway, the one who killed the handyman, who was, she was cheating on her husband, Amos, um, was claiming that it was self-defense in the Mm, end that they went crazy he went crazy and yes okay that's the one that i read up on first yeah yeah yeah. so there's a fun song about they both reach for the gun like it was either him or her he was gonna kill her and she shot and that's not true at all because it shows the actual scene of what happens in the very first scene of the show and you can see she clearly just killed him okay (laughs) He was breaking it off, but she's like, you don't leave me, so I'm going to shoot you. Gotcha. Anyway. Yeah. Just so, just some advice is just don't break up with anybody and don't have affairs. Right. Right. (laughs) 
So when guys say we're crazy, they may be right. But Just you know, some are a little more crazy than others. Some are, but you know, they also make us that way. You can everybody has the level the ability to get to that level. Mm-hmm. It's just some are faster on, than others. Yeah. And some follow through. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Bob it could be in there with the six Mary murderesses of the Cook County jail. Yeah. That'd be a fun song to make because, you know, there's like one stabbed her partner, one poisoned her partner, uh, shot. Yeah, there's a few. This is my favorite line of the whole show is, you know, some men just can't hold their arsenic. (laughs) That needs to be like my Facebook bio. It's a little sus, though, because if I ever got accused of anything, that's going to look real bad. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should just keep that off. Probably. I think that I need to see it, though. Yeah. The play. I think you need to see it on Broadway. So yeah. it debuted in 1975 on Broadway, and it's been running ever since. It's the longest American Broadway show wow. in history. A lot of people like to watch Man. women yeah. killing men. It's, a, it's the best. It is. I've seen so many shows, and nothing has ever gotten me better than Chicago. How and many I've times seen, have you seen it? Oh, gosh. Probably like six or seven times on Broadway. Yeah. And I'll go again. I'll happily take you and go okay. again. <laughs> and I got to be up there. Like, I will pay. That is like an experience. Like, mm-hmm. you just don't go to Broadway in New York all the time. So, to me, it's like I want to be four rows back max. And I want to be center stage because they are just right there. I want them to be able to spit on you. Right. Like I want to spill the sweat when they do their spins yeah. and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's good stuff. And it's a beautiful theater. It's the Ambassador Theater. Um, that's not where it debuted, but that's where it's been for mm. quite a while. So it's a, such an ornate. It's like a. It's not a huge theater, but it's just old and mm. ornate and really cool. So I love it. Well, it sounds like we'll have to make that happen. Yep. 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 At some point, for sure. So uh, yeah. So we had some a fun couple of weeks. Fun? No. <laughs> It has been chaos and emotional <laughs> roller coasters and craziness. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I've been kind of quiet on social media and I've had a lot of old reposts and stuff because I've been a little tangled up in my own craziness. So I'm going to kind of nutshell the story, but, uh, on f- like early February, February 6th or so, I flew to Orlando. And, uh, while I was there, um, I noticed I was having some weirdness, some tingling in my leg, which was weird. And I just had a full physical two weeks prior. I was like the beacon of health, EKG, everything was great. Never had health issues, whatever. So I was like, you know, just kind of ignored it. Like you don't fall apart every time Mm -hmm. something hurts, you know, I was like, I probably pulled it or whatever. And then later that day, I noticed I started having pain in my side, like in my rib cage, and then I started having pain in my back. And I noticed that when I was having this pain, I was getting shorter and shorter of breath. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't take in a deep breath. And I was like, this is just so weird. And I wasn't really connecting the dots because I wasn't really considering my leg at the time. Again, I'm carrying on with life. I'm not just focusing on this stuff, but it got worse and worse and worse. And then the pain moved around to the front. Mm -hmm. And at that point I could breathe in about one second of air 
and it would abruptly stop to pain. And so I'm like, I'm having a heart attack or is this a clot? Like it was what on earth I've been poisoned, you know, all these things going through my head. So after hours of literally pushing this down, going, I think I'm insane. Mm -hmm. I'm overreacting. There's nothing wrong with me. I finally go to the ER and I'm in the ER. They triage me really fast because while I'm trying to talk to them, if you can't breathe, you can't talk. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally one word out per one second breath. I I looked like I was hyperventilating Mm -hmm. or being strangled is what it looked like. And uh, they triaged me right away, got me in a room right away. And I've ne- I don't know Orlando. I don't know this hospital. I'm out of my element altogether. I don't know if it's a good hospital. It was mm-hmm. just the first one we saw. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here we go. Um, and I can see all this chaos outside of my room. They put me into a CAT scan right away and then just kind of left me. And I don't know what's going on. All I know is I'm in... 10 out of 10 pain, 100 out of 10 pain. The breathing's getting worse. Mm -hmm. I'm also panicked. And then the ER physician, which ER physicians are great, but they don't really specialize in any specific discipline. Right. So they're just there to figure out what is wrong, figure out if they can treat it and refer you and send you home or if you need to be admitted. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. He came in because I'm finally like, somebody – tell me something because people are coming in they're sticking you know ivs in there and i'm not getting any info Mm -hmm. and uh he comes in and he just goes um you have a pulmonary embolism and i'm like those are the words you never think you're Mm -hmm. gonna hear because i know that's not good right and he just then he sits there for a second he says a big one and i literally felt like the blood drain out of my head which made me want to breathe more made me want to cry And I'm, what the actual hell are you talking about? And so then I'm like, you know, breathing harder. And he leaves because he doesn't know what to tell me mm-hmm. at this point. So, um, of course, Dave is with me. He goes out in the hallway and he sees all the chaos. Like, like if you could reenact this on a Broadway show, like you picture like people running into each other, papers flying mm-hmm. up because they're, this is a an urgent situation and they're not sure what to do. Like Mm -hmm. they can't move fast enough. Um, But all the while trying not to freak me out. Right. So Dave doesn't tell me any of that till way after all this is over. But they say, you know, we're going to hook you up to heparin, which is a blood thinner. And I'm on the phone on Dr. Google reading everything, the worst thing ever. And they're like, sometimes I have to crack your chest open and get to it that way. I'm like, oh my God, you know, what the, I just walked around an Airbnb. (laughs) And um, anyway, I get admitted to ICU. Didn't think I was going there. Straight into ICU. Whole team of people. Like at one point, I think I had six to seven staff touching my feet all the way up to my head, hooking things up. And in a panic. Mm -hmm. And that is the worst feeling. Like in one way, you're like, I'm glad somebody's paying attention that something's wrong. But then you're like, why am I the center of attention? I don't like this. You don't want to be important. Right. Not in the ICU. (laughs) You do not want to be the star of the show. Um, So uh, I ended up having such luck of having this incredible cardiac team, this incredible cardiac surgeon, 
I think that if I'd had this anywhere else, I would have wanted to fly to Orlando Health and have this surgeon do this. Like I couldn't have been any more fortunate. Um, and they had the state of the uh, art equipment, this cardiac lab, and they did a thrombectomy, which just you go up through the groin and take it out. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy, and I was fine. It took a few more days in the ICU than I did to step down. I was in just regular hospital. So it was a... Yeah, you say you're fine and like it's like, <laughs> oh, it was fine. Like we knew, no, this was like life-threatening. Oh, 100%. Like we, there were times where we're like, yeah, yeah I mean, is she going to leave? Like, right. you know, I hear I see you and I know that's, I'm like, oh, she's being admitted to the hospital. No, you're in the ICU. Mm -hmm. And then my biggest thing, I'm like, is she on a ventilator? Because, yeah. you know, if you can't breathe, that's mm -hmm. something that is worrisome but thankfully that didn't happen right i was close um, to that yeah but i know most of the time you go on a ventilator you don't come off of it right so uh, that was my main concern but yeah. you said it was you compared it to drowning and mm -hmm. when i would talk i talked to you one time mm -hmm. during before you had the surgery mm -hmm. and you I, I was like you can't talk mm -hmm. like just don't save it because yeah. you don't realize how bad somebody is until you hear them. And it's like, you can't say a word. Mm -hmm. And um, you would be, like, you would be motor mouthing if right. you could breathe. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's a scary situation. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I physically couldn't. And I wanted to talk, you know, but it's like I can say so many things and then then I would get emotional, which mm -hmm. is even worse because we swell up when you mm -hmm. get emotional. But they did everything for me. You know, I had, but at one point I asked the ICU nurse, I was like, can you just knock me out? Like I was in the most pain I've, and I've had a kidney stone. I've mm -hmm. given birth. I've been through some bad, nothing yeah. compared to this. And um, she said, I can I can knock you out. You don't want that. And she said, because if I put you out, I have to put you on a vent and put you into a coma. Mm -hmm. And she said, and that is something that if it gets bad enough, we will have to do. But, and you can choose to do it. And she's like, don't do that. And she just was like very kind. How know. do you get worse than you were? Like what, do, how do Completely did stopping breathing. Like voluntarily having the clot get so bad that my muscle, I cannot make myself breathe. So they have to have a machine breathe for me. But it was getting to the point where the clot was not even going to allow the machine to work. Like the clot was Yeah. It enormous. basically just had to come out. Like, uh, yeah, quickly. there was no. Yeah. So, um, they actually took a picture of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so gross. It is. It's huge. But it also, it, yeah. And he put it on a, diagram of a lung of mm -hmm. lungs to show perspective of what it was massive this guy was such a great surgeon but he's also loves his job he loves his job <laughs> and he loves saving people but he came in to the recovery room and showed dave and he had this giant smile on his face and he's like this was about to take her out like mm -hmm. it, it was it was just at what maybe a few millimeters from my heart like it was mm. bad i was walking on a tight rope like of death in such a such a certain way um and i've just never seen so many people rush like it was just 
terrifying in the cath lab. What happened in the cath lab is, okay, so they did a CT, they saw the clot. They roll me into the cath lab and they put this big machine over me, which puts this image up on a screen. I could not see it, but then they saw it. And when they saw it is when everybody started running again. So that's the worst. They saw how close it was in a very, this some sort of digitized, it's much better than a, a CT. And that's when everybody started running. And then I started panicking. I'm like, what is that like? Is Are we getting bombed? You know, why are you running? And that's when the surgeon came up. And like surgeons don't typically have a great bedside manner. But he said, we're going to do this. We're going to be out of here in 45 minutes. You're going to be fine. I'm the person you want doing this. You know, mm -hmm. I've got a lot of experience and you're going to be good. And he was like, he made me, he was this close to me. Mm -hmm. If you're listening on Helen, I'm like <laughs> a few inches from my face. And he was just like, don't pay attention to them, you know, just whatever. When he left my face, though, he moved fast because it, you know, up through my femoral artery, he like slung my leg. Like I could tell he wasn't, he was not moving slowly. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I think, I think I was down to honestly minutes, truly. Like before this thing like in like took over the rest of my body. So I'm very fortunate, very glad that that's over. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had a few days in the ICU post that and still a lot of pain because it takes a long time to still because your lungs, you know, I had a strain on my heart. I had so much fluid on my lungs. And so I'm just glad to be home. But wow, yeah. let's not do well, that. And, and it's scary because you, like you said, you had just had a full physical, like, and mm -hmm. you come from a medical background. So you're right. not just an idiot that's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I probably have that, but it's going to be fine. Right. Like you think you're an overall healthy person and then you go to probably being the youngest person in the ICU. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless it's oh, 100%, for, I was. for health reasons normally. Right. Um, and it is because that's what, and then being back in another state, you know, you had friends and everybody is like, we don't know what's going on. And then, you know, being the person in the hospital with you, mm -hmm. so Dave, yeah, <laughs> like you don't have information to give and then he's not medical. So he comes out and you're like trying to piece it together and you're like, okay. And then you also have to take a step back and go, are you trying to you know, kind of minimize it a little mm -hmm. bit so everybody's not fully freaking out. Yeah. You know, because you have to do that. There's nothing I could do mm -hmm. that far away. Right. Um, but then, like, getting the after story of it is it's like, wow. Like, it wasn't portrayed how bad or yeah. how serious it was. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was, there were times I would just sit in silence. Like yeah. I, my social stuff fell off. Yeah. I mean, everything fell off. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's mm -hmm. that scary that, you know, you come from medical and you're, you're like, oh, and then you're that yeah. close. Yeah. I mean, you think, oh, I have a little chest pain. You don't think I'm having a pulmonary embolism. That's called a hypochondria. Yeah. <laughs> Where I come from. Like at my age, full physical, not an unhealthy. And I have no predisposition for clotting or anything. And there's no stroke in our family, mm -hmm. whatever. But um, what they narrowed it down to, which was interesting because we just kind of did a podcast on this, was the fact I had just flown and I was also on oral birth control pills. And the very first, if you look at the risk factors on them, is 
blood clots. Yeah. So um, it was funny because I followed up. I had different appointments with um, my PCP and, and the different cardiologists, and they would ask me two questions. They're like, did you get the COVID vaccine, and are you on oral birth control? Mm-hmm. And I did not have the vaccine, but not any political reasons or anything else. It's just I kept getting COVID, and then when I would get around to, like, maybe I should get it, I didn't, and then I yep. get COVID again. <laughs> yeah. So that was a whole thing, but um, but I was on the pill, and they're like, don't be and so yeah I'm like you do not have to repeat that (laughs) I will never take that again so that's over but some of the funny experiences in the process which I can laugh now because I'm not dying and in pain but um of course one of my freaking physicians okay when you're on death's door and you're in the ICU everything comes off. You cannot have any underwear because they have to be able to access absolutely everything. So undergarments, bra, everything you have to wear. There's stupid gown with snaps everywhere and there's everything everywhere. Mm -hmm. Tubes everywhere. And you can't shower. (laughs) You cannot shower. You don't. So it's smelling good. Yeah, yeah. You don't travel far to go to the bathroom. I'll just leave that right there. And then you can't shower. <laughs> and you, you know, so they come and kind of wipe you off every now and then with these little, like, give me a break, people. And when you're scared, you perspire. Yeah. Like, it was gross. Yeah. You're gross. Hair's gross. Everything's gross. I have a doctor that comes in to my room every morning to check on me. Fantastic physician. Very competent, capable, and extremely good looking. Mm, I can vouch for that. Yeah. (laughs) Six foot two of this stature coming into my room every day with his curly thick hair and his glistening white teeth and, you know, his soft voice. And he was always, he'd always like go touch my hand and con. I'm just like, and here I am looking like the freaking, I don't know, like a, like a gremlin or something. (laughs) I'm sure I'm like, like portraying all this stank. (laughs) I'm like, why do you keep coming in here? <laughs> and you act like you're so nice, but you know you're looking at me like this one-eyed freak. <laughs> one-eyed? I don't know. At like, least you did have oh. two eyes. <laughs> I know. I did have two eyes, but I just felt like some kind of, I don't know. But it was just so funny. All the doctors, you know, really? And, you know, and he's just like, I'm sorry, um, I would have been here a little bit earlier, but I got tied up at the gym. Of course you did. It's 4 a.m. because everybody works out. He's probably like eating protein powder on the way in the door. He definitely was. And then the, the thing is, is that he, the nurses all obviously loved him, but it wasn't because he was so hot. It was also because he'd bring them Starbucks when he would come in in the morning. He'd bring all the nurses' coffee. So he's just like a unicorn. He's just like super in- innately kind and then just real easy to look at. I mean, you don't normally you don't get the two of those. No. Normally, if you're pretty, you're an ass. Right, right. Or if you're a really good surgeon, you're just a little better than everybody. And you're right. Like, you're lucky I'm Hot-headed here. Hot-headed. Yeah. Yeah. And no, just kind and and very attentive like if I sat and talked to him for 30 minutes about my IV was hurting me he would sit and listen yeah. he wouldn't just discount it which is very hard to find yes in medical yeah like doctors don't care right M- most part right not not on little things like they're they may be great at what they do but they're not interested in your IV right you know they like, do okay. their job it's over right. and you're alive right 
Um, but I had the greatest staff ever, but yeah. So of course I had him with like drool crusted on my face and everything. That was nice. Um, then my night shift nurses. Okay. Two male nurses, Mm -hmm. not, I mean, they're young guys, they're like 30, late twenties, maybe whatever. It's not even about good looking or not. It's just, there's a difference between a female nurse and a male nurse and the male nurse, I had my main nurse and then I had like his assistant, mm-hmm. both dudes. Like at least give him one, a, one, a girl. Female. Because it's like if I have any issue at night, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and there's like, they're just not the same. No, it's not. They're not the same. In the morning, I had my nurses and I'm like, I got, Ramona's got this. Like, I, got, I can tell her anything. And it's like, we're, you know, you get me, girl. Yeah. It's not the same. So that was a little strange. But again, they did great, a great job. Um, Normal, that's weird too, because normally you have to have, if you have a male, you have to have a female. Not there. That's weird. No. They're probably like, we're not worried about. Anything going probably. Weird I there. guess they're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. So I had three IVs. That was great. Those um, are the worst part too. Ooh, because they had to have one to pull blood from that mm-hmm. had not been tainted by medication. One was just for heparin, and one was for my pain medicine. So they keep coming. In, We're going to give you an IV. I'm like, you're running out of limbs. Like, am yeah. I going to have it in my neck, my face, my foot? Uh, all right. Hospital food. So gross. So uh, one of my meals was, um, I was on a regular diet. One of my meals they brought me for breakfast was a giant cinnamon roll with bacon around it. We don't want to encourage healthy eating. We want to see you again. <laughs> I mean, if that's their um, their level of being healthy, then we're all killing it out I here. mean, I didn't, I never got to pick my food, which was fine. Cause I honestly didn't eat anything anyway, but it was like, I opened the thing up. I'm like, wow, you just, you guys want us back in here as soon as possible. That was, Cause isn't it normally everybody gets the same thing, right? No. Oh. Usually there, there is a menu, but I think they knew I was not interested in eating. Oh, okay. So they're just like, give her the worst thing. It could be her last meal. <laughs> I don't know. Something she'll enjoy. Yeah. While it clogs artery. Right. Isn't that what bacon does? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> so just fat, like, grease, salt, and lard. I'm like, that's perfect for a patient that just had Why? a blood clot. A thrombectomy. Yeah, no problems there. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, one thing that was interesting is while I had been triaged out where they had kind of said, okay, this, there's something wrong with this girl. I had a nurse walk up and like block the nurse who was taking me to another room. Mm-hmm. And like, I need you to babysit room nine for me because so I can take my break. Like not even acknowledging me as a patient, literally like going, wow. like I'm doing that, which she probably just thought I was making that up. She- Probably, yeah. because that's what a lot of ER is. Right. It's a lot of drug seekers and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to breathe. I don't want drugs. And um, I, you know me. I can yeah, be a little, a little hot-headed. Sarcastic. <laughs> I can be a little hot-headed. But she continued, like, she blocked him from moving me. And I needed heparin. Like, I was literally drowning. And... She's like, yeah, I need you to, and he's like, what? And he's like, okay, I need to get this patient into the room. And she's like, but I mean, do you have room nine? I'm going to tell you, if she had not moved, because she physically blocked us, mm-hmm. if she had not moved her body 
I'm going to tell you, I didn't have a whole lot of energy, but my foot was about mm -hmm. to nail her crotch as hard as I could with my little pink converse on. I was about to totally just nut jab yep. her in her stomach. Like you have no, I was about to karate her because I didn't have a whole lot up, up top. Would have taken like I everything. couldn't have swung, yeah. but I could have just, bam, I mean, and I mean, she had about mm, five seconds <laughs> I was about to assault her. <laughs> um. And that's a true story. That is a true story. And I would have. She moved just well, in yeah, time. and you would have had every I'm right I'm like, I'm to... literally dying. Yeah. Like, I need oxygen. And I can't even, like, I would have normally said something. Said, I couldn't yeah. even talk. Yeah. I'm like, I'm about to take what little bit of energy I have. And my story is going to be, you know what, Andy died killing. <laughs> she had to leave <laughs> to go to jail her. when she got out of having a blood clot removed. I was handcuffed to my bed in the ICU because I assaulted a nurse. I'm like, Listen. I don't think even if you would have, it probably would have been. Well, I mean, she was so out of line. Yeah. A hundred percent. When you have an, an actual emergency that, you know, what it's there for, what you're there for. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you don't. Was no, talk and you about Starbucks orders or right, babysitting. And like, how demeaning was that to talk about the patient in room nine? Like, I get it; it may have been a total right. waste of everybody's time. But who knows? Right. But you don't come out and demean a patient by saying babysit yeah. this adult in a room. I mean, there's just so many things wrong with that. But well, and coming from medical, we know how we talk, and like you know the people that are being dramatic and mm -hmm. whatever. But even to use that term, like we know people are dramatic and can be, mm -hmm. but they also may be being honest right. and you're, you know, talking like they don't matter. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Especially in front of another patient. That's right. very, I mean, you can um, say it low key down low yeah. to your whatever, like, hey, any, you know, and that's fine. I would totally say something like that. But not in front of another not person and a patient, you know. No, because that just makes me feel like every nurse on this floor takes no patient seriously yeah. is how that makes me feel like I'm a burden. I'm a burden like room nine. <laughs> Hence why you're sitting in the hallway right. while you can't right. breathe. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not like I was being quietly dying. Yeah. I was gasping and she just had paid no mind. Like I was just having an asthma attack or something. Yeah. But Anyway, the crazy so. thing is, is that they probably do see that people being to that extreme with nothing wrong with them mm. to try to get things. Yeah. And it was like a, was it a weekend? No. No. Mm -mm. The first one it was, it was a Monday, Monday night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say. So, yeah, I was just looking for some drugs. Yeah. That's all it was. Right. Totes. That was, you went through a lot. I did. <laughs> I did. I went all the way. Yeah. I put on a good show. I even made up a clot and everything. So takeaways are don't take birth control pills and don't. Th that's have, pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take birth control pills and fly. And don't ignore things. Like you didn't really. Yeah. You just didn't piece it together. Yeah. But, you know, everything, anything your body does, even a headache, like you think, oh, my I head have hurts. a brain Let's tumor. Throw medicine and, you know, right. but it's also your brain, your body trying to tell you, Hey, something Something's is up. weird. Yeah. Um, and a headache here and there is not bad, but I mean, if you're having them daily right. or something, yeah. probably go to Common the doctor. Sense. We don't go to doctors is our problem. We're like, yeah, yeah we're well, good. Well, see, the thing is I was so proud of myself because I actually went and got a physical, which True. you have to say is not 
in True. my nature. So I was just like, I am good. I don't like that's why I waited so yeah. long. I actually almost went to bed. I know. Which I wouldn't have woken yeah. up, hands down. But I almost went to bed because I was like, this is just I'm having some kind of reaction to a plant mm. or, you know, it's an allergy. You know, I just need to take a Benadryl. So yay. Yeah. So that would everything be, worked out perfectly, though. It did. Like, yeah. as far from your staff to mm -hmm. the hospital, like you said, you didn't know where you were going. Mm -hmm. It could have been some, you know, the worst hospital, right. but it all worked out. It did. It did. But a lot of the time I spent in the ICU was quiet. It's interesting because your senses are very heightened. I was in a very dark room. I could not sleep, despite even heavy drugs. Like, I just couldn't sleep. So I was just listening outside of the room. And it's just amazing what all these staff members are used to hearing. Mm -hmm. So I would hear an announcement, code blue, room three, uh, west, wing, west, whatever, wing, ICU, code blue. And if you're on a subway, you're in Kroger, you're, you're, everybody's like, <gasps> yeah. panic, right? I literally heard code blue, which obviously didn't affect the staff that was outside of my room. Cause I had people five feet outside of my room mm -hmm. and it's like code blue room three West wing. And this girl goes, what'd you bring for lunch <laughs> to the other girl? And I'm just like kind of giggling. Cause this is just normal to yeah. them. You know, um, they weren't doing anything wrong. They right. weren't the ones to respond to it, but I guess they just piped that through the whole hospital, I guess, for whatever reason, but that happened like all day long. Like code blues happened a lot and people are just like, you know, Did you ever find Day. out what Code Blue stood for? Yeah. That oh. meant somebody's flatlined. Oh. Code Blue is you're turning blue. <laughs> oh, it means this person's literally. unresponsive, like, paddles oh. out. Yeah. Wow. Code Blue is bad. Yeah, I don't think I could ever work. That would that makes me sad even hearing yeah. it. And I don't even yeah. know a specific person. So that's I, probably not There was, me. like, three Code Blues in one hour, and I wondered if it was the same person. Like, they yeah. would get them back online, so to speak. They would pull them back, and then they kept coding again. So, yeah, I wondered. I'm like, is this the same person? I wonder. Like, you just lay there. Like, yeah. they're just in the same floor as me. Like, this is just down the way. Yeah. That could be me. So, yeah, that's the – Code Blue is bad news. It's bad, not good news. I didn't realize that's what that yeah. meant. Yeah. So, um, but I had a lot of time to kind of sit and – think in that room and a lot of quiet time and it kind of brought us to brought me to the next part of the podcast which is how do you kind of escape stress what do you find solace in like what calms you down lets you kind of reset what do you find kind of recharges your batteries when you've had too much like mm -hmm. you've just hit a, a boiling point um no phone like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. I kind of recluse. Like, I want my um, my alone time. Yeah. I want quiet um, music. I love music. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of helps me a little bit. But also being outside. Mm -hmm. Like, I, if it were up to me, the perfect way would be to just go find a quiet spot outside under a tree yeah. or something with the fresh air and... Yeah. Um, just having alone time. Some people find like 
some people relieve stress and, you know, find their happiness in a gym or mm-hmm. being surrounded with other people. And yeah. I'm just like, no, my social battery is limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do it because, you know, it's good for you to socialize. Yeah. But it takes a lot. But for me to recharge in my happy places alone. Yeah. And outside. Quiet. I agree. I'm kind of, I'm very similar. Mm-hmm. So I um, heard a podcast call it choiceful solitude mm-hmm. where you're not withdrawn in a depressive way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be around anybody cause I'm so sad. No, being around nobody helps me not be sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's kind of that reset, like going outside is good. Um, even like taking your shoes off and being like truly mm-hmm. like on the ground. Grounding. Yeah, yeah. Finding a new a grounding position. Um, sunshine, breathing in the air, even if it's cold outside, like oh, something yeah. about that. That's the just, best. Opening your windows mm-hmm. and like fresh air through the house. That yeah. is there's nothing better than that. Right. I think that's medicinal, just a natural medicine, you know, in its own way. Do you like incense? Yeah. Yeah. That's that also like if you find like the right one. You had to it takes a lot to find the right because yeah. there's some that are like woo, woo. but there's like calming and things mm-hmm. like that and it's just you can smell it and it literally just the stick without even it burning. Yeah. It's just a sense of like literally calm. Yeah. And I love that and opening the windows and mm-hmm. even like if I, if I could do it more is like fishing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, I don't have the patience for that. There is nothing better than being surrounded by no one. And mm-hmm. you just have, you're focused on it. Yeah. On know? a task that's not yeah. digital or a screen or right. something that kind of clutters your head. I know that a lot of people will kind of jump onto like social media and like go down rabbit holes of funny videos or what. And I don't feel like, I feel like that clutters your mind even more yeah it and stresses your eyes you out. your circadian rhythm like I think that's very I think that's just innately unhealthy but I think disconnecting even from the beep where mm-hmm. you have that addiction when your phone makes that notification mm-hmm. sound and you're not sure if it's an email a text message or whatever it bothers you until you look yeah and sometimes it's good to just silence that I sat for hours and my phone was right next to me and I had no desire mm-hmm. to look at Instagram to text people. I it was I mean I was also exhausted. Yeah. But I was in a different mindset of I'm lucky to be breathing right now. And that turned me on that need for checking my phone. I just truly didn't care. I think it's weird because being on the opposite side of you, like I didn't go through it, but I watched you. It's made me want to be a lot more present in Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of like on the weekends, I'm not as active on, even though that's like half of my job Mm -hmm. is being, it's hard because everybody needs a break. Like, you know, everybody needs to take a step back from work and just Mm -hmm. chill out. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when your job is looking at a computer screen or your phone and it's nonstop. Like everything that we do is constant. Yeah. And so it's really hard to go, I need to put myself first Mm -hmm. and walk away Yeah. for, you know, for a few minutes or a day or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, It is, it stresses me out. Even social media, I do the occasional like hour rabbit hole 
on something and it is you walk away and you're like that didn't benefit me no it's like all that time is gone and I don't even know what I did well it's kind of like I had a um a professor in college say you know life is like a three-legged stool Mm -hmm. the legs signify friends family and work Mm -hmm. and if you remove one of those legs or you give too much energy to one of those legs the stool's gonna fall Mm -hmm. So like you can't, you have to have a balance yeah. of everything. There's there's too much of a good thing and there's not enough of others. And you do need a balance of just kind of knowing, okay. Um, and back then there wasn't so much social media <laughs> when I was in college, but that probably would have been one of the legs. It's like, okay, don't yeah. overkill on just digital life, you know, the, the, the fake world, because that's exactly what it is. Um, and it, yeah, it just puts things in perspective that we are not all connected. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it we're very real with pulses and needs and, you know, every heartbeat is, you know, it's not guaranteed. The next one, you don't know. Yeah, just because you're in your 40s doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you have 40 more years. Right. Like, you, nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter your age or... And it's so cliche, like a Hallmark card. And like, oh, every breath is a gift. You know, well, when you can't breathe, you realize it is. And it's really hard to accept and really live by that if you haven't experienced it. And even when you have experienced it, it's easy to forget that. Because I think our brains compartmentalize a lot of pain. And like right now, I cannot explain the pain to when I was having it. Like I don't remember it. Like my body's like, let's not talk about that anymore. You know, let's not feel that again, Um, which I'm glad for, but it's easy to go back into the old ways, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying and, and take things for granted or just assume, you know, we're good. You know, you don't think about, we have an end date. We have an expiration mm-hmm. date. We don't yeah. know when it is, yeah. but it's a, that's a, that's not a maybe it's, it's coming. Well, that's what you said when you were there, because I know showering was like a huge thing and you're texting and you're like, I haven't had a shower, but it was like you had been in there for four days. Like mm-hmm. you were over it. Everybody gets over the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember texting you. I'm like, I know, but be, you know, and I know you're thankful, but I'm like trying to be the positive, like just you're here and it's okay and you're going to be able to take that shower and you know and it's hard to be the positive person whenever because I totally get it being in hospital for more than two days at all Mm -hmm. but two days is like max and Mm -hmm. it's like break me out of here um but it is it is easy and I think that's how the world in our like you said we push it out and it's like oh let's not think about that yeah yeah and I think you know you just kind of get caught up in life and we have a family member that received a kidney transplant mm-hmm. several years ago. And we'd been waiting. I'd even been tested to give mm-hmm. this family member my kidney. And like it was, he was on dialysis and it was terrible. I mean, kidney was really something he needed. And we got the call one night. Mm-hmm. We were out of town, remember? Yep. And we rushed back, you know, to get him to the hospital. There was a kidney and it it hit me. There's two sides of the story. Mm -hmm. And I got so overly emotional because it's like somebody had to die. And that just happened today. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the person was on life support, but they were going to die. Um, So there's a family mourning in this hospital while we're celebrating. And it's like, then I just went into this whole mind you know, I was like, okay, my mind's real messed up. Like, I feel so selfish right. 
but I'm also thankful for the gift that this mm -hmm. person agreed to give, you know, somebody that I loved. And so it's, there's a lot of components and you have to remember when you are kind of going through gratitude, it's just, there's a lot mm -hmm. going on in the world. Man, these hospitals are just busting out at the seams with patients and illness and and a lot of it doesn't turn out so well, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of it's chronic and ongoing and they go home and they stay sick. And I didn't have that. Yeah. So I'm so fortunate for that. But man, it's just a lot. And but. a tearjerker. Sure. I love so it. So there was um, a girl who was supposed to get married. Well, her dad, had, he did was on life support. He wasn't going to make it. And the guy that got her dad's heart walked her down the oh, aisle of her wedding <laughs> and ah. I'm like that like but at the same time when you're on like her dad's side you can also feel good about it once you get there of like at least he is helping other people sure you know yeah so it's like when there is a whole world of like you have to get through it and you have to grieve and do all that but you can also take a step back and go he benefited, you know, so many more people that get to see yeah. their grandbabies right. and, you know, and that's important too. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. But it's happy, but yeah. sad and, you know, yeah, yeah there's that. <laughs> so, but the, when, when I was in the room quiet is when I kind of went through my solitude, my kind of, I need to recharge my own batteries mentally and so I laid in that room. I was listening. Like I said, you hear all these things outside the door, but just going, you know, I'm not going to victimize myself. Mm -hmm. I go, I can't believe this happened to me, which I couldn't, but there's so many worse situations in this very building mm -hmm. right now. And so I kind of went through that of just saying, you know, I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful my staff. I'm thankful I came in here. For that matter, I'm thankful I flew to Orlando because mm -hmm. the flight aggravated the DVT that I had that caused the yep. clot. Like, it all worked out. Like, you could say, well, if you didn't fly, you wouldn't. I still was developing a clot before right. I ever got here. So this could have hit in me being a different mindset, right. and I didn't go to the hospital. I don't know. It all worked out in a way. I'm glad that it did. And so that's kind of my thing is, you know, I kind of start when I kind of go to – regroup and recharge is that starting with gratitude mm -hmm. of, you know, I have so much, there's so much heartbreak and pain and suffering in this world. And just getting a glimpse of that puts things in perspective, you know, so that's kind of how I start off with, with my, you know, recharging. recharging. So, all right. So, um, let's talk about factor BS. Okay. Can't wait to hear this one. All right, so we share an allergy, you and I, mm -hmm. of cats. Yeah, okay. Um, do you think cats can be allergic to you? I mean, it's such an absurd question that <laughs> probably they can be. Like, obviously, the answer is going to be yes, because why else would you ask? So they can be. They can be. So is it like... Where we both have the allergy, they would both be allergic to us. <laughs> so it's it's rare because you don't bathe a cat very seldom. Like, right. have you ever tried to bathe a cat? Let's no. talk about that. Um, we bathe every day, so we get rid of those skin cells that unless cause you're in the ICU. Unless you're in the ICU, <laughs> I would have been a cat's worst Sorry. nightmare. 
in the ICU. Um, but yeah, so we bathe every day. So we're shedding off those skin cells that causes the allergy. Well, cats don't really bathe. They right. lick themselves, whatever. Um, I would never volunteer to wash a cat. No. I don't have a death wish, especially now. But so it's rare that they have it, but some are more sensitive to others. And mm-hmm. yes, they can be just as allergic hmm. as we are. So if cats are ever allergic to someone, you know that the chances are that they don't shower. <laughs> like, you gross. <laughs> I mean, that's Even exactly. Even your cat can't take yeah, you. Right. That's that's something. That's stanky. Um, I was going to say something. Okay. Meow. Meow. There was something I was going to say, and it was good, but I can't remember it. You know that movie where he said, say meow? Remember that, Super Troopers? No. Oh, Jesus. I, well, we just know what you're doing for homework. Super Troopers. Super Troopers is a stupid, stupid movie. It's a cult classic. Okay. But these police officers pull this car over, and the police officer says, you have to say meow as much as possible. I can't remember the exact text while you're talking to him. And so he had to go up and be like, do you know why I pulled you over right meow? And he's like, I need you to step out of the car, meow. And he's like, are you saying meow? And he's like, what do you mean am I saying meow? I'm not saying meow. I'm not a freaking cat. He's like, turn around right meow. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if that's the exact wording, but now you have to watch that scene. Not the whole movie. Okay. You just need to watch that scene. Okay. I will. The, what I was going to say, too, is um, I apologize for – we have dark humor. She's worse than I am. Yeah. But, like, me saying, unless you're in the ICU, like, that sounds really <laughs> bad to the norm, the typical person. But I know that it will make her laugh. <laughs> so <laughs> I apologize. But that there will probably be those to come. So oh, yeah. I just had to throw if that out If you can't there. make fun of me with me, then I can't be yeah. friends with you. <laughs> yeah. I um. So I just had to throw that out there because I was like, well, if the average person listening is like, wow, now she's already throwing ICU jokes. I mean. Right. You ha- like you have to. Well, and the, the thing is, it's funny when somebody would walk into my room. Your first initial greeting in America is, how are you? I'm like, I almost just kicked a nurse in the crotch. I'm doing real good. Like, I'm feeling like this is one of my better days. (laughs) Can you find there's a place there's not a tube coming out of? Let's talk about that. I'm doing fan-freaking-tastic. So what's your sports question? Okay, you may know this, but I did not. So I was on a TikTok live and people started asking me about this. Um, do you know what a whirly ball is? Whirly ball. Whirly ball. Negative. I do not know. Okay, so I don't feel as bad now because I was like, maybe this is just something that normal people know about. But it was like one person commented about it and then like three more chimed in and was like, you have to look it up. And I'm like, what is this? Um, so it's basically, it's a mix between like polo, except for you take the horses out and you trade them for bumper cars. <laughs> and then the like mallet thing that they hit, yeah, you change those out. I don't know the word. I did look it up, but it's spelled way different than it sounds. But you know, like in school, you'd have the plastic things and you put the ball in it, the like, plastic white ball yeah in it do you know what I'm talking about I think so and you would like throw it right okay so you take those and then it's a mix between two you have basketball aspects in it and so it's like a basketball backboard 
there's no like hoop. It's just a backboard. And the goal is to get it there. I don't know if it goes through it or if it in sticks a bumper to it. car. There's, yeah, and like these things can go reverse. So it's not a sport at all because you're in a car. Well, it is a sport. I would like to see you play whirly ball and then say it's not a sport because I bet you there's whirly ball. So it sounds like lacrosse. It is like look, it's like and polo and yeah. basketball. Yeah, and bumper cars. Yeah, that sounds stupid. Yeah. Well, when they were saying it to me on TikTok, I was like, all I could picture was like basketball wheelchair wheelchair basketball. Yeah, like that's what was in my head, and so I'm like. Is it like that? And they're like, no. But people say, okay, so you can't knock it until you try it. Because they were like, it's so much fun. Um, and, like, that's kind of how pickleball was. Except for no. pickleball's blown up. But Well, it is. pickleball is not in a bumper car. You have to actually be. You have to um, actually exert yourself, hence sport. Well, whirly ball doesn't discriminate. Unless you can't drive. Okay, so if you put a bunch of five-year-olds... What are you going to have? A fun whirly ball game. <laughs> You're going to have a pile up over somewhere and a lot of people crying and some laughing and some picking their nose. Yeah, probably more picking their nose. Probably that would be the same for adults, though. Certain True. adults would be the same thing. True. Lying, crying, laughing. That is one thing that can, like, like make me gag. What? Pick a nose. Oh, well, yeah, it's not a big, that's not a, that's not a huge turn on for me either, honestly. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Well, I mean, like, you know, some people can, um, they are okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Who are said people? It literally makes me want to gag, though. Like, I could, like, yeah. it, well, if you see, like, you pull up to a red light, that's the worst. Because they think they're alone. I'm like, you know, your window's see-through. Yeah. And I can see you. That's what my thing is. My windows are pretty blacked out. And I'm always, like, like when you pull up to the red light and you're sitting there and you don't know what to do because you're, like, you have two people on each side of right. you. And I'm like, I know you're looking at me, except you're probably not because you don't care. Right. But I'm like, I don't want to look. And then I don't want to pick up my phone because then are you going to read my messages? <laughs> Read my messages. Yeah, they can totally read your message. What kind of messages do you have that you don't want the world to see? Jeez. Nothing. That's that's even worse. That's the even better part of it is that I am so boring. I was going to say, like, I send you messages. Like, here's a link to a dog looking inside of a water bowl. That was hilarious. It was really funny. He's like, uh, if you don't notice. And then that's a great example of online bullying because people are like, the comment section, it was like, why is that dog's water bowl dry? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like... Mine? Probably been dry for 30 seconds. Yeah. Your like, dog drinks five gallons of water. And, and then pees for a solid 10 minutes. Yeah, he does. It's impressive, actually. It's crazy. I probably need to take him to the vet, actually. Maybe just to uh, checked out. Yeah, because he does, man. I mean, you can't keep the water bowl full mm -hmm. enough. No. He's okay. a beast. He is. He's a big, big boy. He is. All yeah. right. Well, so, you, so your your homework is to watch that scene of Super Troopers, which I'll find for you. Okay. Um, our goal for 2024 is to see Chicago alive on Broadway. Perfect. Even if we have to make this a very short trip. Yeah, that'd be fun. That makes it even better. Yeah. We just go do it, knock it out, be like, we saw it. Yeah. So that's, that's a bucket list item for 24. And then, um, yeah, so... That's, I think that closes out our depressing episode six 
were Andy, Code Blue Andy. <laughs> That's what we'll call Probably. it. Was Andy Code Blue? I wasn't, but no. I was close. Thank goodness. I never lost consciousness, but but yeah, so I'm glad to be able to be here to do episode yeah. six. Thankful We're for that. Grateful and thankful yeah. that the podcast can continue on. Yeah, I think we should go. And quickly, like you've done yeah. pretty good. You kick butt. I have. I've been very determined. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing this crap. I'm I'm still got a few years left in me here. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Lots of years. Yeah. Um, so till next time, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. and YouTube if you would like and subscribe. Please. So you know when our next episode comes out. But you can find us on mymomhasasecret.com. Mm-hmm. And that takes you to our YouTube and then both of our online um, our websites online. Um, that's the best way to find everything. Yep. So check us out and we'll see you next time. Yay. Bye. bye.